The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. It's that time here on Riviera Radio on a Sunday morning where we talk to Rob Kay. How are we, Rob? I'm very well, thank you. How are yourself? I'm well, thank you. Looking forward to Good. Christmas, of course. Absolutely. Yes. Now, as we close in on the end of the year, last week we took a retrospective view of investments and specifically stocks, shares, fixed income, investments and cash. The asset class we didn't touch on was physical property, and from the feedback we've received, lots of listeners have accumulated physical property assets. So I'd like us to focus on property as an asset class this morning. But first, what news, financial or other, caught your eye this past week? Well, as you said, as we move towards the holiday season, um, I've been on the lookout for good news because we've had, I think, too much bad news or negative news this year. So, as uh, global sporting events go, they don't get much bigger than the Tour de France. Since 1903, the race has finished in Paris, and since 1975, on the Champs-Élysées. However, it was announced this week that in 2024, the victor will be crowned on the Promenade des Anglais, here in Nice, on July the 21st. The switch is to lighten the burden on Paris, because the 2024 Olympics will be opening in Paris a few days later. Now, the penultimate stage of the race will take place on the Alpine roads above Nice, but for the first time since 1989, the final stage will be an individual time trial, instead of the largely ceremonial traditional sprint finish. In 1989, this final day format resulted in the narrowest finishing margin in history when the American Greg LeMond overhauled Lauren Fignon. This format will ensure the suspense potentially lasts until the very end of the race, and where will all that individual time trial start? Well, to heighten our anticipation, the start will be right here in Monaco. Now, on the financial front, it was announced this week that the Mark Prime Renvault grant to improve the energy efficiency of homes will continue next year with an enlarged budget. The scheme was launched in 2020 to help people to renovate their homes to reduce energy consumption. The budget rises from €2 billion Euros to €2.5 billion, and since its inception, the scheme has helped lots of people make their houses more energy efficient. Figures published earlier this year showed that 32,000 homeowners and 6,000 landlords had applied for government aid in the first quarter alone, and the average amount they received was about €3,700. There was also good news this week for Boris Becker and also the UK taxpayer when it was announced that he would be released from HM prison Hunter, Huntercombe in Oxfordshire and then deported to his native Germany. He will not have to serve his remaining sentence after only serving eight months of a two and a half year sentence. Becker was jailed in April for illicitly transferring large amounts of money and hiding assets after he was declared bankrupt. The three-time Wimbledon champion was convicted of four charges under the Insolvency Act after attempting to conceal assets worth £2.5 million from his creditors. Now, although he's lived in Britain since 2012, Becker is eligible for the scheme because he does not hold British citizenship. In October, it was reported that Becker was thriving in prison. His behaviour was described as impeccable and it was reported he was offering life coaching services to 45 prisoners in an arrangement aimed at leading to an early release. Becker will not be eligible to apply to return to the UK as a visitor until his full sentence has expired. Deporting foreign offenders after early release helps to save money and freeze resources, particularly at a time when prisons are struggling with overcrowding. Now, 
This week, Miles caused controversy when they announced that they would be selling limited edition celebration tubs, which will exclude bounty bars. The decision was made after research highlighting the fact that only 22% of those asked actually like bounties. So, if you intend to buy a selection tub of your of chocolates for Christmas, Howard, check which ones you're buying, because you might miss out on your coconut rush. Yeah. I cook with coconut oil quite often. Well, there you get your coconut rush well, from there that, we go. There we go. <laughs> so, turning to today's topic, many of us own our main home, others have a holiday home, but plenty of people own properties for investment purposes. What are the advantages of owning this asset class? Well, property is very tactile, Howard. If you own real estate, you own something you you can see, feel and touch, which psychologically is, is always very reassuring. Being king or queen of your own castle or castles can feel safe and also secure. I look at property in two different ways, as a home and as an investment. Now, don't get me wrong, your home can frequently turn out to be a fantastic investment and for many people, the best investment ever. However, most people keep their homes for many, many years. When they do come to sell, those properties have appreciated in value. Frequently, that appreciation has a strong affinity to the inflation increases that have gone on while they've owned it. Real estate as an investment class can be a great provider of income, which also delivers capital growth when the property is sold. Many people that see this as two bites from the same apple, which can be very appealing. Are there disadvantages? Um, the, the, biggest, uh, the biggest issue is probably real estate is quite illiquid. What I mean by that is if you need to get your hands on its value, it's usually difficult to do that quickly. If a property is bought to generate income, you're also at the mercy of your tenants. Now that can be really especially tricky in France if your tenants are paying the rent or they then stop paying the rent, it's quite a challenge to get an eviction order, and also totally impossible at this time of year, or any time between November and March. Buying is usually considered the easiest part of the property journey, but make sure you have deep pockets, because the initial costs, especially here in France and Monaco, are eye-watering. If you can step back and look at them without what I describe as the property emotion. At this stage, it's easy to forget the subsequent maintenance costs as well, which are probably better described as the annual management charges. Getting a big maintenance bill for electrics, plumbing or structural problems can wipe out your whole year's income in the blink of an eye. So you also need to factor in cash reserves, which many budding property investors forget to do. Should we consider taxes? Yeah, as uh, Benjamin Franklin famously said, Howard, none of us should forget death and taxes. When you buy a property, there are, as I just said, entry costs, which include tax costs. Overall, the purchase costs can be as much as 9 or 10% of the purchase price. Once you own the property and it's generating income, your rental income is liable to investment tax, which these days is paid at a flat rate of 30%. Then, when you come to sell a property, Realised gains are potentially liable to capital gains tax. I say potentially because it depends on how long you've owned the property and your circumstances. But when a French property is sold or when a French resident sells a foreign property, the tax liability can be as high as 42%. So what is the best way to invest in real estate? Um, I'm I'm afraid there, there just isn't one size fits all uh, with property investments most of us aspire to to own our own homes and and have the security that that brings so that is probably the easiest way to invest branching out a little further 
People can either buy properties to, to renovate them, then flip them and move on, or you could gradually buy, retain and build yourself a property portfolio. An alternative way to invest in property is to invest in a real estate investment trust, more frequently referred to as a REIT. REIT give investors exposure to real estate investment without physically buying the property. REITs can, can be added to most investment portfolios and probably should form one element of a diversified investment portfolio. How do property and capital investments compare from an income and capital gains perspective? Uh, I suppose the, the best way to look at it um, is sort of as a journey, stage by stage. As we said, there are tax implications at the outset, the buying stage. There are also tax implications while the asset is owned, whether it's tax created by the income generated by the asset, or there is tax such as VAT or, or TVA on expenses. Then there's also the tax, as I said a few minutes ago, at the disposal stage. When you buy a French property, there is a tax charge which depends on the age of the property. In the UK, UK stamp duty land tax now ranges from 0 to 12%, depending on the value of the property you buy. Normally, there are no tax implications when you buy a capital investment. Property investment income and income generated from non-property portfolio, such as a portfolio of securities, bonds, equities, fixed income, are now subject to the flat tax system introduced by President Macron in 2018 for investment income. This flat tax system limits your tax and social charge liability to 30%, and depending on your personal circumstances, that rate can be reduced to just over 20%. When either asset class is sold and a profit is realised, taxes are payable. Property gains are taxed in a range from 0 to 42%, and on capital investments, the tax ranges from 20 to 30%. So whether you invest in a property or capital investments, Dependent on circumstances and which stage of the journey you're at, there is usually tax to pay. The trick is to minimise it. Can you remind us about wealth tax? Yeah, I'm, as I'm sure many of our regular listeners know, in 2018, President Macron, in his first budget, um, also transferred, the, the as well as lots of other taxes he brought in, he transferred the burden of wealth tax entirely onto the shoulders of property. Impost of Fortune Immobilia, or EFE. If your property exceeds 1.3 million euros, you must make a wealth tax declaration. And then EFE is paid in bands, depending on how much the value of your worldwide real estate assets amount to. Since January 2018, wealth tax hasn't applied to investment assets, which has to be a real bonus for France's tax and investment and banking industry. But this has also been an important reason why lots of people have sold their properties and reinvested in securities. Is it better to hold property or securities from an estate planning and succession tax perspective? Um, when a French resident dies, the French succession tax is payable on their worldwide estate. Their beneficiaries pay succession tax on whatever they receive. There are some exceptions. Transfers to spouses or PAX partners are entirely exempt from tax. Children enjoy a nil-rate band of €100,000, and there are then some smaller allowances for heirs who are more distant in the bloodline. It makes very little difference whether the beneficiary receives a lump sum, a property, or another asset, because succession tax is calculated on the value of their inheritance. There are certain more opportunities to reduce your heirs' succession tax liabilities, when they receive a lump sum than there is when they inherit a property. 
holding investment assets in such as an assurance fee is a brilliant way to eliminate or substantially reduce the succession tax your beneficiaries will pay when you die. That is especially the case when your beneficiaries are not of your direct bloodline. Without any planning, those heirs can easily lose 60% of their inheritance to the French taxman. Lots of Brits who live in France still own UK property. Is this such a good idea, especially after Brexit? <laughs> uh, I would shame on you. you. We nearly got through the whole of today's broadcast without using that B word. Seriously, though, I, I don't see anything on the horizon from a property perspective that has been adversely affected by Brexit. But that's mainly due to the fact that the UK has probably done everything it can to make sure any tax which is due is paid in the UK. In 2015, the UK closed the non-resident capital gains loophole. So if you're a French resident but you sell a UK property, you will now pay UK capital gains tax. Logically, the longer you own a UK property and the more it appreciates in value, the more UK capital gains tax you'll eventually have to pay, which is totally at odds with the French system, which discounts the taxation of property gains the longer a property is owned. UK rental income is liable to UK income tax, but of course non-residents benefit from a UK personal allowance. One possibility which has been floated is the removal of personal allowances for non-UK residents. It's estimated that could generate somewhere in the region of £1 billion of additional revenue for the UK taxman. So that's maybe a good reason to consider whether a UK rental property is a worthwhile long-term element in your overall investment portfolio. If you own UK-situated assets when you die, whether they are real estate or securities, those assets will be liable to UK inheritance tax. A tax credit is allowed in France for the tax paid in the UK, which ensures tax isn't paid twice. However, your estate or your beneficiaries will pay the highest rate which is applicable in either the UK or France. I suppose, apart from losing UK personal allowances and therefore having to pay much higher higher rates of income tax on UK real estate income, the biggest post-Brexit issue of owning UK property is you're totally at the mercy of decisions made by a jurisdiction which we all know is outside the EU. If you need any proof of this, just look back to last month's UK autumn statement, when all the thresholds were frozen until 2028, and it was announced the UK's capital gains tax loans will be scaled back over the next couple of years, from £12,300 a year to just £3,000. If reviewing your finances is on your Christmas to-do list, well, you have a little bit more spare time on your hands, and you then want to discuss any of the questions that crop up, or your New Year's resolution is to professionally review your finances, obviously Blevins Franks will be more than happy to hear from you. An initial consultation with Blevins Franks is complimentary, so if you would like to talk to us, please give us a call either Valbon or Monaco. The telephone number of our, our office in Valbon is 0493-001780. That's 0493-001780. Or if our Monaco office is more convenient for you, you can arrange a call or a meeting with one of our Monaco-based partners by telephoning Monaco 97775574. That's 97775574. And as we say every week, you can also contact us and find out what's going on at Blevins Franks via the website, which is www.blevinsfranks.com. Many thanks, Rob. I think next week is our last chat of the year. 
certainly is, Owen. So we'll have to make it a good one, yeah? Yeah, we look forward to it. Thank you very much. OK. Cheers, there. See you next Sunday. Bye. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this programme, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or riviera at blevinsfranks.com. Planning on moving to France? Already living here? Make sure you get the correct tax and financial advice. The French tax regime provides opportunities for tax-efficient investing, but there are many pitfalls. Using the wrong arrangements could have major tax and succession consequences. Blevins Franks has in-depth knowledge of the local tax system and can help structure your assets to get the best out of living in France. Contact Blevins Franks today on 0493001780 or visit blevinsfranks.com.